Hi everybody, my name is Landon Arenas, thanks for listening to episode 131 of the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. Welcome to the Vortex Apologetic, where substance reigns over mindless entertainment. Because biblical truth matters in a profound, timely, and urgent way in a lost and dying world. And now, introducing your humble servants in Jesus Christ, Ricardo, aka B, Arenas, and Jeff, the Brain, Claiborne. How you doing, my brother? Good. I got an intro. I, I didn't hear one. Oh, you got one. I got an intro. Oh, let's. Actually, I don't have an intro. Okay. Job has an intro. Oh, Job has an intro. All right. Job has an intro. Let's go. Job, hit us with that intro. You want to hear Job's intro? I want to hear Job's intro. Best intro ever. Although affliction comes not forth of the dust, neither does trouble spring out of the ground. Yet man is born unto trouble, as the sparks fly upward. I would seek unto God, and unto God would I commit my cause which doeth great things and unsearchable, marvelous things without number, mm-hmm. who give rain upon the earth and send waters upon the fields to set up on high those that be low, that those which mourn may be exalted to safety. He disappoints the devices of the crafty, so that their hands cannot perform their enterprise. Mm. He takes the wise in their own craftiness, and the counsel of the froward, F-R-O-W-A-R-D, is carried headlong. So basically, God destroys the devices of the crafty. He gives a realistic view of life that we're born into trouble. This is a troublesome world, yeah, right? That was such a good uh, line mm-hmm. right there. We were born into trouble. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so he does great things which are unsearchable. God does marvelous things without number. Amen. And uh, so just a, a contrast between us and God. Big time. You know? <laughs> and, uh, of course, this is Job talking, and Job went through a lot of trouble in his life. Yes, he did. Before God restored him. And uh, you think, why do things happen the way they do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Job's friends were asking the same question of Job. What did you do, Job? What's what's? Why did you end up in this situation, Job? What happened, Job? What are you not telling us, Job? Yeah. And Job's going, I'm not holding anything back from you. I don't know why this happened to me. It just happened. God did it, and it happened, and I don't know why. And so, can you imagine being in Job's situation, and your three clo- the, the three close friends that actually made the trip to come see you to comfort you. Mm-hmm. Now, you got to remember, folks, most of them didn't show up. That's true. 
most of these people did not show up. Did, and Job was well known, mm-hmm. well known throughout the land. He was probably he he was some theorize some of the historians and theologians theorize he was probably actually the ruler of the land. Mm. Yeah. And uh, the most prominent man in the land. The Bible says he was the most prominent. So a lot of people knew Job. Yeah. Three showed up. And of the three that showed up, what did they do? After sitting with him for a period of time, a number mm-hmm. of days, they began to quiz Job, almost <laughs> like a tribunal. <laughs> yep. But a very nice and kind tribunal. Uh, but... Trying to figure out what what went wrong. Yeah. And some theorize that the reason they were doing that is because they began to become concerned about themselves. Yeah. Well, if this happened to Job, and we know he's a righteous man. Because, you know, they wanted to do that prayer. Right. Thank you, Lord, that I'm not like Job. (laughs) Right. 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 What's going to happen to me? Right. Exactly. So, Job, what'd you do? do, (laughs) We want to know, because we don't want to do what you did. Right? Man, that's rough. And uh, so Job went through it. He did. And forget about his wife, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, she, what, did, what did his wife tell him? Curse your God. Curse God and die. She and knew. Die. <laughs> she, 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 couldn't, she couldn't handle watching him suffer the way he was. Yep. Yep. And she said, you know, if you just curse God, curse God he'll, he'll kill you and ease your suffering. Yeah, yeah. just she get did. it done. She done. couldn't deal with it. I mean, Job was dealing with his suffering better than his wife was. Yeah. Of course, she, I'm sure she had great empathy for him. Yeah. Or sympathy, I should say. But, um, but yeah, that was her comment. So Job had not yeah. only the great loss of all of his goods, he uh-huh. had the physical suffering of his physical ailments. Right. He also then had to deal with all of the mental battling that was going on with his wife and his three friends mm-hmm. and still be coherent and all this. You know, when you're sick, you don't do well, right? Mm-hmm. You, your things come out of your mouth sometimes when you're sick that are just not you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because you're hurting, right? Yeah. And this is where Joe was talking in chapter 3. Uh he lamented the day he was born and just wished he could die. That's how bad it was. Man. <laughs> Man. But I love what he says later on. It's our little trials and tribulations of planes flying. I know, just stuff. when, yeah. you know, <laughs> let that plane go by. Uh, yep. I love what he says yep. later. Though ye slay me. I will still serve you. Serve you. Yeah. Still worship Naked you. Naked came still out of my mother's you. womb. Naked shall exactly. I return. Shall I return. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I think he, mm-hmm. as he went through that pain and suffering, he became, he, he was humbled. He yes. humbled himself more and more yes. and more. And yet. And little, the grace and the mercy. And yet, he began to be a little bit more and a little bit more tough with his friends oh, as yeah. they were continuing to quiz him and he started to got a little bit of argumentative between them yeah because they were relentless I mean it, they once were. they started going it's like and get and who was the last one to give his say <laughs> God yep and what did God say here's now here's Job he's already been through everything you could think of 
<coughs> and does God come and comfort Job? No. God shows up and goes, Job, where were you when I created the universe? Where were you when I did this? And where were you when I did that? And poor Job, just he sat down quietly, and his friends sat down quietly, and they just listened. Yeah. And I uh, said, oh. It's God. We ain't speaking. We're, oh, yeah. we're listening. No. <laughs> they you <know>? knew. <laughs> and, um, and my goodness, you think, okay, come on. Hey, God's like now piling on on top of everything else, right? But God, he does, you know, of course, Christ can empathize with our suffering. He went through suffering like us. Yes. But what did God do after all of that? Mm. He restored Job. Completely restored him, yep. Double yep. what he had before. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And all of that suffering was for the glory of God and to... Uh, I'm trying to think of the right words of what he did to Satan. He didn't humble Satan. He crushed him. Yeah. With that. No, you're right. It's more of a yeah. crush. Yeah. It was a crushing of Satan. Uh, Satan was shown to be 100% wrong in everything he was saying about Job. Yeah. But Job had to go through all of that suffering for Satan to be crushed in his accusation of Job. Mm-hmm. And Job had no clue what was going on. No, no. <clears throat> now, I can't remember reading the entire chapter of Job, but just kind of trying to think of what Satan was thinking obviously he was going for it because you know he asked god if he can go after joe but his mindset did he think i got you god because you know joe huh or was he thinking i'm just gonna take advantage of this time to do whatever i want i think he was thinking he could and i know i'm not gonna be able to win anything in the end because it's he's it's god who i'm you know who is a judge of all <laughs> Well, this is the this is the creature that showed up in the garden, challenging God's mm-hmm. image bearers right. in the first place. Right. So obviously, Satan has no sense of God's going to crush me. Mm-hmm. Satan is apparently so arrogant that he he's it's almost like a, a an incredibly genius blindness. Hmm. You know, okay. yeah, yeah. Think about it, because Satan is is brilliant. Oh yeah, you know, he's the Lucifer, son of the morning, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But brilliance doesn't mean that you get it right. right, and it doesn't mean that you know everything, and it doesn't mean you have wisdom. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and one thing Satan certainly lacked was wisdom. Oh yeah, lots of that. <laughs> you know, true wisdom. Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, he had he had craftiness and cunningness. Cunningness, right? Deceiveness. You know, he could deceive anybody. Right, right. He was very deceptive, mm-hmm. and so um, that he had to his advantage. And he thought he could use that on Job the way he did on Eve. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the way he did on Cain and others. He right. he had high success with the, that method, and yeah. God. Can, uh, created Job, right? I mean, we're all created by God, even though we're created in the womb. And God says, I'll shut Satan up. 
<laughs> I'll use Job to do it. And that's the... Oh, man. If you think of strategy as only God would to be the one doing it, that would be it. Mm-hmm. Guess what, Satan? I'm not even going to do it myself. Right. I'm going to do, do it through Job. Right. Go for it. Have your day. Yeah. Have you considered my servant Job, Satan? Yeah. And Satan's not thinking that God already knows what's happening, yeah. what happened ahead of time. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's going, oh, I can get Job. I, yeah, I got this. <laughs> Satan's pride took over. His arrogance took over. Yeah. I can get Job. Yeah. God, I can get Job. You watch. I'll get go. I'll yeah. get Job like way way I got all those other ones. I will get Job. Well, and probably his boastfulness when they, like you said Eve. I got Eve. Right. I can't get Job, really? Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know. And uh, he didn't get Job. Nope. <laughs> oh man. What an amazing character yeah. Job had. <laughs> Through amazingly difficult times. Oh yeah. I mean, and and we go we're going through difficult times as a, as a world right now basically. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The entire I, world is is having a hard time. India is really getting hit hard right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, and everybody's blaming everybody else for problems. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about some of this as we go through the news. But there's a lot of suffering around the world mm-hmm. right now. Yes. And um, a lot of Job's, a lot of Job's around the world right now. And for us Christians, this is the time where, you know, talk about a time that is going to test our faith. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to test our, you know, us standing on the truth of God. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think Job is a per- perfect example because we're the thing. I mean, are, are, do we emotionally react right away? Are we slow to anger? And this is where the test comes in. Do we apply discernment and wisdom, and you know, especially as fathers, how do we leave our home, lead our homes? How do we guide mm-hmm. our, our our family in the midst of all this? You know, because you know our wives and our children. You know, it'll come natural for them to panic or like, whoa, whoa, whoa wow, this is happening, and how are we going to react? Are we going to panic just like they are, or are we going to set the the balance of, hey, I'm trusting in the Lord, right? Let's trust in the Lord. I'm a solid rock standing in Christ. Sol- exactly. And so, regardless of circumstances. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Because I'm sure a lot of people are going through some really hard shit, especially the ones that have lost jobs, you know, right. they're losing homes. Right. You know, they're and just... It's hard not to look at circumstances in that situation. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very oh, yeah. difficult. Right. Um, but we have to learn... To get out of our circumstances and put our eyes on the one who's got control of everything. Mm. Now, tell us, how do we set our eyes upon Jesus? How do we set our eyes upon the creator of all things? I don't think we can do it without Mm -hmm. absorbing his word into our minds. Mm. That's huge. It it, it begins... The beginning point of any Christian maturity is first to understand the attributes of God. Mm. Once you understand the attributes of God, you have a little bit clearer picture of God himself. Amen. Okay? And once you have a picture of God himself, then you understand 
the power and the might of God, the knowledge of God, the yeah. the strength of God, yeah. and that you're you're trusting in someone who has the ability and the and knowledge to do what needs to be done to take care of you. All right. Mm. Now he's going to take care of us in his way, not our way. That's the first thing we got to learn. And that's tough. <laughs> yeah. Right. He took care of Job in his way, not Job's way. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's that's life. That's how it works, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. The second thing is when you're reading through Scripture, you're not only getting the attributes of God, you're getting the track record of God. Mm. And God has a perfect track record. Yes. And God, um, by his track record, we know we can trust him. Mm. Because he has a track record in Scripture showing that we can trust him. But he also has a track record in our own lives showing us that he can trust it, that mm-hmm. we can trust him. Yeah. And during these times, these Job-type times, when we're going through difficult times, he will do things for us during those times to give us more earmarks of a positive track record that even strengthen our faith more because we have even more of a track record of God uh, taking care of us and providing for us and doing things. uh, That unexpected check in the mail that you weren't expecting. Mm. Um, The the, the, the car goes further on gas than you anticipated it would. Little things like that. Where, where, where God is providing for you and taking care of you. Uh, he, the car breaks, but he provides the funds to fix it. Yeah. Why? Because you stayed faithful to his financial principles, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, things of that nature, and you grow in, in, in God. So you learn to trust in him more, and so your, your eyes are on the Lord more and more. Now, it's not that you're trying to have some intense focus, but it's that you have now an understanding of who God is and you have a track record and you're able to relax more. Because mm-hmm. you're saying, God, God got us out of that situation back there. Then we know he can get take care of us in the future. Amen. And that's how you trust him. Now, did that work with Israel? <laughs> oh, boy. Israel... <laughs> Israel had quite the track record, right? Coming out of Egypt, the Red yeah. Sea partying, all the, the water coming out of the rock and the desert, all the different things that God did for them. And what did they do? They murmured and they murmured and they murmured. And what are we going to do now, Moses? What are we going to do uh, then, Moses? What are we going to, you know? And they were looking at Moses instead of God. Moses was the superstar, right? (laughs) Yeah, right. And so what are you going to do, Moses? What are you going to do, Moses? And Moses is like, what are you asking me for? I'm not God. You know, God will determine this, not me, right? Um, Don't we do the same things today? We look to our pastors, our preachers, our superstar Christians. Thank you. I'm glad you're going that direction because I was going to ask you, how important is it? That the pastor, teacher, elders point the church to Christ. How important is that they make it a point to point everybody, not to him, but go, hey, this is what the word of God says. This is what we should do, people. Right. You know, because nowadays we've, 
idolized, you know, yes. pastor preachers. We look to them because we think they're going to be our saviors, or they, you know, they're going to be the one, the way maker, so that we can find God, right? Kind of a little bit, you know, I'm not taking a, well, yeah, taking a pitch from uh, Catholicism. Mm-hmm. They look to the Pope. What is the Pope going to do? What is the Pope going to say? Is he going to give a statement so that then we can take action? You know, that sort of approach. But you just nailed it right now, brother. It's What do we do nowadays? We look to the pastor. Anything comes up, who's the first person we run to? We got to go to the pastor. We got to go to the pastor. When we have a perfect, infallible, precious word of God that we can flip open and start reading. Yeah, and if we don't get it, we got brothers like you, elders, other friends that are probably you know more more discerning, or you know they're wise. Pick up the phone. Hey, bro, I got some questions. Mm-hmm. I'm stuck here, right? But right. no, naturally we panic, right? Right. Let's go to the pastor. He's got the answers, and sometimes the pastor, you know, he's knee right. deep on things too, and it's like. Right. <gasps> Right. They're man, like us, mere man. Right. So I'm glad you went that direction. Right. Tell us more on that. Well, I, I think you can overwhelm a pastor yeah. easily, mm-hmm. um, especially if he's a one-man show. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't believe in a one-man show church. Mm-hmm. I believe there needs to be multiple pastors sharing responsibility mm-hmm. uh, because then you the burden is spread across right. more than one person. And they're able to handle it better, mm-hmm. right? And that's why I do believe in that form of ecclesiastical church government. Mm-hmm. But I really believe that if we don't get to the point where we're standing as a rock in Christ ourselves by maturing in Christ, then there's something wrong when our growth is stunted, mm. you know. And we need to not stunt our growth, growth, you know. Yeah. And I think what happens, we get so locked up into the world. Um, we get this ideal or concept or picture of what's normal. Mm. And what's normal to us is what society tells us normal is. Yeah. And so normal is we get up, we go to work every day, we come home, you know, we have the weekends off. Um, we spend a little time at night resting or watching some the news on TV or some sitcom or our favorite uh, Netflix program or yeah. you know very little time with the family typically is what typically happens and go to bed and get up and go to work the next day again and mm-hmm. this is our, this is the knowledge of our life which is no knowledge. And then we get to the weekends where, we, oh, I'm tired, I deserve a break, and we're just going to go do something. Oh, we could skip church today, you know. Or even we go to church. Oh, that was a nice sermon. And how long does it stay in our head? Hmm. Probably not even until Monday morning. Typically, right? After lunch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're thinking about, you know, what we're going to have for for lunch at the restaurant, right? Right. Um, I mean, and and that's supposedly, supposedly normal life. Mm -hmm. But that's not normal. 
that's not what Christian normal is. Mm -hmm. That's not what God thinks or God has indicated to us in Scripture that should be normal. What should be normal for us as Christians is radical to the world. And uh, so we have to be spiritually radical in comparison to the world. And so that's kind of what that looks like. We, what does spiritual radical look like? Mm. Okay. It means you actually pick up the scriptures and read them. It yeah. means you actually pray. It means you actually spend time with people, like your family. Um, you spend, you, you get rid of things in your life. Yeah. Amen. Things that clutter, things that get in the way of growing closer to Christ, you actually toss it and get rid of it. And that might be that Netflix show. Yeah. And that might be the nightly news. That might be a number of different things. Whatever it is in our life that hinders, hinders us from growing closer to Christ, we have to shed it, get rid of it. That's the hardest part. Because we don't want to get rid, get rid of things. We don't want to give things up. Yeah. We don't want to be seen as radical, strange, weird. Right. But, but the Bible <clears throat> describes Christians as a peculiar people. Why? Because we're not normal by what the world calls normal. Mm-hmm. What society calls normal. Yeah. Okay. And each culture is different, but it's not culture that we're supposed to be looking at. Right. Right? It's truth and spirituality. Amen. And Christ. And the culture that we're supposed to adopt is the one that's found in the epistles, the one that the apostles were telling us about Mm -hmm. in the epistles. It's a church culture or a body of Christ culture that's the culture that we're supposed to be yeah I I grew up in a culture you grew up in a culture Mm -hmm. I long ago rejected my culture because it is not sufficient for my growth in Christ and my fellowship with my fellow believers if I insisted on advancing my culture um praising my culture, or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. um, having a, you know, Tennessee Southern Heritage Month or whatever. I don't know, just make it up, right? <laughs> right. Um, what does that do for me in growing for, to Christ? What does that do for me in growing to in fellowship with the body of Christ? Yeah. Absolutely nothing. Amen. Amen. So I don't culture yeah. other than the culture in the epistles. Yeah. That's my culture. Yeah. And that culture stuff. includes everyone. Yeah. It includes uh, black, white, Asian, mm-hmm. um, Native American. I mean, you n- name it. Yeah. Right? Hispanic. It, it includes everybody. That's That's my culture. It's the culture of the church because... The redeemed are different. The the redeemed are changed. We're new creatures in Christ. 
So I'm not identified by my ethnicity anymore. That's and good. neither is anyone who is in Christ. Amen. We're identified by our identity in Christ. Amen. Not our identity by the melanin count in our skin. Right. Or our culture back, cultural background. Scripture says to die to those things and to live unto Christ. And so that's right where we be, begin with the podcast tonight, brother. We I begin love it. With, this is great. You know, the best intro ever. Thank you. I'm going to do more yeah. of these. <laughs> no, that, that was beautiful because I <clears throat> made a great point in our identity in Christ as Christians because I've come across people that, you know, tend to celebrate their whatever ethnicity month, you know, and here in the United States is prevalent, you know, black uh, American and black African American month and Asian month and Mexican American month. And I, I've seen people, you know, Christians that, Collins was Christians that they're all about their heritage and all that. Okay, okay, recognize your heritage, fine. But our identity first is Christ. Right. Than anything else. Right. And if you're concentrated on your inheritance, then you're minimizing who you are yes. in Christ. Yes. That means you don't understand who you are in Christ and therefore need to go back and, you know, reread, understand your right. position in Christ. Because right. we tend to, and that's one thing that's huge. Culture is huge because um, it's it's almost like a fine line, brother, where they adopt certain things from culture so that they can be more captivating to the culture because that's the way we can reach them, right, they say. Or that's the way we'll be able to present the gospel, you know, kind of. When Paul was at the height of him preaching, when he was, uh, you know, at the at the highest point where he was going to go at, you know, amongst the culture he was in and preach. He learned about his culture, mm -hmm. where he was at, mm -hmm. but he didn't sway away or didn't say, oh, I'm going to adopt their culture so that I can present the gospel. No, he went and said, repent. Repent. Put your faith and trust in the Lord. No, the message did not change The message at did all. not change. And we see that the message change a lot, right? Because of our culture. Oh, we need to be more relevant. We need to ask him what they would like from the church so that we can make it more appealing to them. And yeah, and then when that happens, the church ceases to be the church. Amen. Because it becomes the world. Amen. Once you start using mm -hmm. world tactics to mm -hmm. draw supposedly members into the body of Christ, right? You said it, it's not a church anymore. Right. It has to have distinctives. Amen. And it's the distinctives that define the church. Right. And when you give up those distinctives to be relevant to the world, you become the world. And you're no longer the church. Mm -hmm. You're something different. Yeah. You know. It's a club. It's a club. Yeah. <laughs> it becomes a club. Yeah. You know? Or yeah. a different religion. Because it's not just sure. anymore. Sure. Right. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. I love yeah. it, brother. That's good stuff. Folks, be encouraged. You know, uh, look to the word. Man, we challenge men all the time. The reason why we challenge men is because the importance of men being prepared, reading the word, getting, being encouraged by the word, and, and always look into other brothers so that you can be accountable. Right, right brother? Be accountable. Right. 
you know, sometimes our spiritual growth is a little different than others. So we have to find brothers that are the same spiritually in growth right. so that you can learn or you can, you know, uh, what, it, what do we call uh, Where iron sharpens iron. Iron sharpens iron. Um, we're all at different levels or different stages of growth, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Some understand more than others. Some have lived more of life than others. That's okay. It's just that if you're at a higher level of growth, you need to be patient with those who are not yeah, and help those who are not Amen. to grow. But you do it with patience and you do it with kindness, knowing and realizing that you were there at one time. Oh, I was there, and you know? that came to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because we were all there. Yeah, right. I, I mm-hmm. remember going through that paradigm shift in my life where my spiritual mm-hmm. growth was just—it kept going and going and going. And I felt, especially when I was, you know, amongst friends that were, you know, Christian as well or claimed to be Christians, it just wasn't there. We did not have that connection. You know, we can go out and have fun and have a good time, whatever. But when it came to our iron sharpening iron we were just not there bro and there was a lot of times i mean i was after study how many times did we stay late or we went to get some coffee over here at uh, trinity remember trinity right right yep. and i just yep. questions and asking you about yep. hey brother this is how i feel what do you think you know and, and <laughs> the greatest of all thing was like hey bro I was there too guess right. what right. it's okay you know it's gonna right. happen right so it was a blessing for me and uh yeah brother i mean we have to be. We have to get beyond church being a ritual. Amen. Amen. You know. Yeah. Uh, because that's what it becomes. It becomes. Well, we think church is only on Sundays, right? Right. We think church. the church building is a church. <laughs> a lot yeah, of people do that. Yeah, it's a meeting place. So, right. But no, we're the church, right. right? We're the church. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Last last time I checked, we're the church going about our business throughout the week. Right. Now, that doesn't mean that we abandon what Christ taught us and what the apostles taught us about the ecclesiastical part of the church. Amen. That the church right. does have to have a structure. Oh, yeah. And the church does have to have certain things mm-hmm. for it to be a church, right? Right. That are taught in Scripture. We don't abandon that. But we don't become so locked in on the ritual of church or mm-hmm. the tradition of church that we lose sight of the other side of the equation as well. There has to be a balance between everyday daily spirituality and the ecclesiastical functions of a church or the mm-hmm. hierarchy of a church or the, the leadership of a church Amen. needs to be there. The ordinances need to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, there needs to be a time to meet, a time to fellowship, a time of instruction in the Word, a time of song and, and, and uh, the, of the psalms and the hymns and the praises. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, that has to happen too. Because so many people rail against what they call organized religion, and that is... That is immaturity in Christ to do that, Mm -hmm. to say that. God intends for his church to be organized. He organized it. And for us to say, well, we don't like the fact that you organized the church, God, and we're going to just rebel against that, that's, that's not good, you know. But to become so stiff and so legalistic and so pharisaical 
that you believe that the organization part of the church is the spirituality of the church, mm -hmm. that too is not good. <laughs> there has to be a balance between the two. Right. Both elements need to be there. Mm. We are the church, but the church is more than just we getting together. It is an organized uh, entity that God designed according to organization that God determined and taught us and told us this is how you pray. This is how you study scripture. This is how you get together in fellowship. Mm. This is how you have church. Right. It's all in the epistles. They taught us these things. Amen. And we don't ignore that, you know. Uh, so there, so there, there's, you know, you can get, go extreme on both sides. Yeah, right. You know. <laughs> Good stuff. Balanced in. You have to have balance. balance. Yeah. There has to be a balance between the two. Praise the Lord. Good stuff, my brother. Folks, that's, that'll be our Doctrine and Theology segment. How about that? I that like that. Good. That was yeah. good stuff. Now you have some uh, news for us, brother. There is some news. Man, I'll tell you. A never-ending news, right? <laughs> the world, yeah. It's just... The world we live in, right? I'll start with health impact news. This is out Let's of... Do it. This is out of Europe. So the European database of suspected drug reaction reports is Indra Vigilance, mm. which also tracks reports of injuries and deaths following the experimental COVID-19 vaccines. Mm. Their report through May 8, 2021, lists 10,570 deaths mm. and 400, 405,259 injuries. Wow. Following injections of four experiment, experimental COVID-19 shots, uh, Myrna vaccine, or mRNA vaccine, Pfizer, BioNTech, COVID-19 vaccine, AstraZeneca. Mm. Uh, it's Shadow uh, X1 and uh, NCOV-19, I guess is abbreviations for it. So COVID-19 vaccine, Jensen, and that's AD26.cov2.s is how they abbreviated it. Mordecai Sons, or Sons, I think it is. Mordecai Sons of America's Frontline Doctors published a video yesterday illustrating the effects of the COVID 19 shots in various countries with mortality rates. Mm. The data was compiled from healthdata.org and the Institute of Health Matrix and Evaluation an independent population health research center at UW Medicine, part of the University of Washington. In almost every country, death rates increased just after the COVID-19 vaccine rollouts. Mm -hmm. So things are not looking good as far as the vaccines go. So here's death toll. Here's another one. From the CDC, the latest from the CDC, 4,434 dead. Um, so the CDC released the latest death figures following the experimental COVID injections this week. Okay. 
and that death toll now stands at 4,434 people, adults and children. Mm. This is heart-wrenching. Yeah. That have been recorded as dying after receiving one of the experimental COVID injections. And here's from the source. Over 259 million doses of COVID-19 vaccines were administered in the United States from December 14, 2020 through May 10, 2021. During this time, VIRS, which is the reporting system of the CDC, received 4,434 reports of death. That's a 0.0017% among people who received a COVID-19 vaccine. Mm. CDC and FDA physicians review each case report of death as soon as notified and CDC requests medical records to further assess reports. A review of available clinical information, including death certificates, autopsy, and medical records, has not established a casual link to COVID-19 vaccines. However, recent reports indicate a plausible um, casual relationship between the J&J Jensen, or Janssen, I guess it is, COVID-19 vaccine and a rare and serious adverse event, blood clots with low uh, platelets, which has caused deaths. Mm. So... They're saying to put this number in perspective, since the CDC continues to claim that these deaths do not establish a casual link to COVID-19 vaccines, these deaths now exceed the total number of deaths reported in VARES following vaccination for the past 21 years. Wow. From 1-1-2000 through 11-30-2020, the last month before COVID shots were given emergency use, there were 4,394 deaths recorded for a span of 21 years. Mm. And there's a chart, they have a chart here for it. So he says, please take note that for the 21-year period, over 50% of the recorded deaths following vaccination were infants and toddlers under the age of three. Mm. Because this is the next targeted demographic to receive the experimental COVID shots, young children. Earlier this week, the FDA gave emergency use authorization to start injecting children between the ages of 12 and 15. Wow. This is, uh, this is just very difficult to deal with, especially when you have denial on the part of the CDC, which, by the way, is not a government entity. Right. We'll say that again. It's a subsidiary of the, guess what, folks? <laughs> the, the big pharmaceutical companies that are making money on the vaccine. Yep. The reason you cannot trust the CDC totally is because there's money involved. And the Little love of, conflict of interest there, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the love of money is the root of all evil. The CDC is like your utility company mm. uh, that provides electricity for your house and so forth. Um, they're not a government agency, but they are. They they have a contract a contractual agreement with the government. Mm. So the CDC is similar to that, right. right? And they're regulated by the government. The CDC has regulations as well by the government. So they're tasked 
with developing treatments against things like pandemics, yeah. uh, breakouts of disease and mm -hmm. so forth. Um, that's their purpose in life. Right. Problem is, uh, if that treatment involves vitamin A, vitamin D, um, a certain type of iodine, which is very helpful to the body, mm -hmm. zinc, hydroxychloroquine, yeah. Ivectatin, right? Uh, or Invexin, I think it's called. Um, the different, uh, very cheap, very easy methods of keeping your body strong, mm -hmm. um, the CDC will not acknowledge that or promote it because it does not make the pharmaceutical companies money. Yeah. It has to make the pharmaceutical companies money before the CDC will have anything to do with it. And there's the problem. Now, I understand that the CDC in the past, don't know how they know this or if, they, if this is even accurate, but it's been determined that only about 1% of the people who have adverse effects report it to the CDC. Now, if it's only, let's, let's take that number and increase it and let's say 10%. Mm. That's still a huge number of unreported deaths and injuries from shots. Mm. So we're not even getting the real numbers. Yeah, right. The FDA has not approved any of these uh, injections. Emergency use only. Well, FDA, are we still in an emergency? Why are they still being used? Number two, the FDA, uh, the head of the FDA, basically told his employees, I don't want you getting the, any, any shots. I don't want you getting any of the COVID experimental injections. And they discouraged their employees from getting it. Mm. Isn't that interesting? That should tell you everything you need to know. <laughs> well, in light of that, people are still acting out of irrational fear and are still, I'm going to turn on the speaker, um, are still having difficulty with the idea of um, freedom. Yes. <clears throat> because of fear. Irrational fear. Here's yeah. an example. This is a, a teacher that berates a vaccinated student for not wearing a mask. Now, wait a minute. If the student is vaccinated, doesn't that mean, according to the normal meaning of a vaccination, right? Right. Which is supposed to protect <coughs> against the virus, mm -hmm. does that not mean that he can't get the virus and if he's vaccinated, he should not be able to give the virus to anyone, right? Right. Okay, so you told me California recently came out saying if you're vaccinated, then you don't have to wear a mask. Right. And what are the store owners doing? When you go to any type of business, they require you to have a, wear a mask. Whether you're vaccinated Whether or you're not. Whether you're vaccinated or not. And it's not like they're asking, are you vaccinated? Or do you have a certificate of vaccination? No. Which, you have to wear a mask. Which they, you don't have to answer that anyway. Right. 
you know, under HIPAA, you don't have to answer it. No, right. But, so that's irrational. Completely. Right? <laughs> yes. So what does this teacher do? Uh-oh. Let's, let's listen in. Oh. So this poor student is sitting on the, on the, just to give you a picture, it's, it's a classroom, you know, with a typical classroom desk and so forth, and the student's sitting in the back of the classroom uh, against the wall on the floor. So he's sitting on the floor against the wall, and the teacher is leaning over a desk toward that student and saying the following. Now, before you press play, is it... Was there distancing between him and the other student? Uh, him, between him and the teacher? Or the teacher? Or amongst I, the others? Because, you hard. know, still, you have to follow the guidelines of six feet. It's yeah. hard to tell from the video if oh, it okay. was six right. feet or not. But, yeah, there was a little bit of distance. So I don't know how long, how, how much distance. It looked like she was getting kind of close. But yeah, we'll see. yeah. Okay. Let's paint a picture. <laughs> I don't care if you're vaccinated, you little pig. I don't want to get sick and die. Okay. There's other okay. people you can infect just because you're vaccinated. You know what? You're not a special person around here. You should hear about how everybody talks about you. You're I don't a jerk. Me. I don't care how people You're a jerk. Okay. And you need to have respect for other people in your life. I do. You're not a big man on campus. Well, you're not a big man on campus. Oh, that's an insult at high school level. <laughs> not the big man. He didn't sound like he was trying to be big man on campus no. at all. He was just trying to talk with her. He was trying to reason with her. He didn't lose his cool, you know? No, he kept He was like, okay. He kept calm. <laughs> he kept calm. But she called she call him a, a little pig? I couldn't tell what that was. Okay. A little something. A little something. kind of sounded like pig. I couldn't tell what that or, was, yeah. But, uh, now, now, the, well, yeah. she was... Uh, she was having a rough morning, huh? <laughs> yeah, and when I was looking at the video, she looks like she had way too many donuts that morning. <laughs> so if she's concerned about her health, maybe she should look at her diet. Oh, oh, oh no. <laughs> I'm just saying. Diet needs to be worked you're on. You're going to get a lot of trouble. You're going to get us in trouble for that one. You know that? <laughs> no, but I completely agree with you. <laughs> I, you know what? Nope. It's so... Funny that, sorry for we went that direction because we went that direction because I've seen people go off on other people, and they were un, they're unhealthy. and they're not the most healthiest people in the world. Let's just be honest. They're very unhealthy, very unhealthy. So you want if you're concerned about the virus, go on a diet, lose that weight, take vitamin A, vitamin D, build that immune system, take, build up the immune system. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Take care of yourself. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the first things that came to mind when we even heard of the pandemic. Right. You know, you right away. If we go back to, you know, a year back in our podcast, right. mentioning immune system and how you even gave, uh, I think you played a video of a doctor that said, build your immune system. Right. We, uh, Us, we upped our, re- our regime when it came to vitamins and Keeping us all, you know, our immune systems. And praise the Lord, none of them has gotten sick. Right. So. That's true. Yeah. Exactly. Man. But, man, that teacher was, she was <laughs> coming in hot. Hot to trot. Well. So, tell us about that, brother. Are people losing their minds? Are they completely irrational? Are they just panicking? Uh, 
They're finding somebody to blame. Taking out their anger against someone. <laughs> I think they're... They're not taking the extra steps to try and understand this situation better. Mm-hmm. This worldwide issue that we're having. They're, all, they're just being fed the propaganda that's coming out of the globalist-controlled media, which is stoking the fire of irrational fear. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, they're having these kind of irrational reactions to people. Right, right. And and so the fear that's in their head is not real. Yeah. It's 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 fake, but it's very real to them, right? And so they're reacting out of that. And, mm-hmm. and and now there's a virtue signaling element to this. There's a there's a sense of um, uh, you know if you're moral you'll wear a mask. If you're immoral you won't. Right, right. And the way that translates is if you're moral you'll consider other people and wear a mask. But if you're immoral, you'll not wear a mask, which yeah. means you're not considering other yeah. people. And you know what makes it strange is that that approach on her behalf, and it didn't matter if the kid was vaccinated or not, which he was, but it didn't matter. You're not wearing a mask, you jerk. You know, it's like, but, and I would think at the very least, even if I was to that degree, a little bit of, you know, um, panic, wouldn't I just pull that kid to the side, hey, uh, Frankie or whatever his name was, you know, I know you got vaccinated, awesome, great for you, but would you consider your other folks, your other, uh, you know, friends here and just wear a mask for the time being here? Maybe he would say, hey, you know what, that's not bad, I can respect that, right? <clears throat> Maybe, depending on what he, how he feels about masks. Right. Right. No. I mean, I'm just saying her no. approach could have been a little bit different instead of calling him out in the middle of the class. Yeah. You know, well, the class was empty. Oh, the classroom was empty. Oh, I just, didn't him, know. just him and the teacher. Yeah, really. Yeah, maybe they had a spat before or something. <laughs> I don't know. There's a history I don't, there, I don't right? Know. Yeah, it might be. I don't know what pre. Ah, uh, okay, that tells a different story. That whole yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, thought, I thought there was a bunch of students in there, but no. It was just, oh, yeah, it was that's, just, I didn't hmm. see any other students. Okay, yeah. Um, ah, interesting. So, but I'm. I'm <laughs> Well, I'm sure she's going to have to deal with that with the principal. And, I mean, once it hits social media. Oh, my goodness. It's, it's a PR disaster. Once it's school. recorded, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Forget it. We've got we to remember we're living in a world of cell phones where everyone is recording all the time. Watch what you tweet, yeah. what you Instagram, what you post. I mean, until, even, even now, when was it? Uh, a couple of days ago. <coughs> Excuse me, a contestant for one of these singing shows. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they somebody found some picture of him and that he took. I don't know the entire story. I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but the person he took it with happened to be like involved with the Ku, Ku Klux Klan, the KKK. There's not many of them left anymore, is there? I know. Yeah. But, you know, go figure. Yeah. Well, the kid had to, uh, you know, get off, um, you know, uh, resign from being part of the competition anymore. And he was doing good. I believe he was one of the top uh, singers. So he had to quit because relentless council culture, you know, just came after him. Right. 
but the yeah. irrationality of folks just going after, which, uh, do you have more to add to that? No, I have some different stuff. Oh, well, yeah. let me jump into mine, because it matches what you were Oh, go for it. Go just for the it. irrational part of it. Mm-hmm. Bro, All right. our gas prices are getting a little higher. Okay. Me and you live in California, which to us, anybody else in the East Coast that says, my gas went up to $2.65. You want me to do that one? Yeah, we can do that one. Okay. Yeah. So, we got a story. Southeast, right? Mm-hmm. Talking about irrational people, just acting irrationally. So, there was a shortage in gas because uh, one of the uh, pipelines, Colonial Pipeline, whom supplies about 45% of the East Coast total fuel by a Russian-based criminal group. That's interesting. From Maryland all the way down to Florida. So, they, somebody hacked into their system, which caused a, 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 you know, a malfunction. They weren't able to supply gas for a while. Right. Panic. Irrational. This is where the irrationality comes into play. Right. You got folks trying to stash gasoline, brother. You know? Like the toilet paper. Like stash. the toilet paper, right? Right. But mm-hmm. not using a gas container, either plastic or, uh, or metal. I'm Guess li- what, brother? Want to grind your gears a little bit here? Folks are actually plastic bagging gallons of gas. And some of them were a little bit safer. They double bag them. <laughs> Plastic bag. Throw them all these bags in their trunk and drive away. <laughs> this is this is the classic stereotype of every hillbilly stereotype I've ever seen. So vehicles waiting in long lines. Some pictures, tweets came up, photo of a car trunk holding a clear bag filled with gasoline. A woman pouring gas into a plastic bag. You know, suggested people around her panic and were like, what are you doing? Because she was trying to double bag. Right, And the right. gas was spilling all over the place. <laughs> I was just like, man, she's like she wasn't smoking or something. <laughs> For the people who don't understand um, the dangers of that, could you explain the dangers of that, brother? <laughs> You know how flammable this, gas this, this, is? This could be a uh, public service announcement. Exactly. <laughs> Plastic bag, <laughs> double bagging. It's not recommended that you do that with gasoline. No, 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 no. Because no. the vapors will do what, brother? Uh, they'll, they'll poison you. They'll They're poison very toxic. They'll, and, they'll burn through that bag. And not only that, it's not the liquid that, that uh, ignites. Right. It's the vapors. The vapors, exactly. And they get all in the car. (laughs) And so you have one spark in that car, Uh and the whole thing goes up. (sighs) Boom. Car crash. Boom. Right. That could (laughs) Right. Right. Because, you know, friction creates spark, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so one, you know, metal rubbing on metal, Uh creating a spark. In that situation, both cars blow. Because the other car is right there on the other car. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. So the irrationality and the panic was so bad that the U.S. consumer uh, uh, agency had to step in and go and just send out tweets or messages saying, do not fill plastic bags with gasoline. <laughs> I, you know, I, you wonder, what's wrong with some people? <laughs> Believe it or not, (laughs) 
people hoarding gas, obviously, because they mm. think it's a shortage. Oh, we better get some gas or else we're not going to have any more. Irrational thinking right away. Some people made it a business out of it where they bought the extra gas so that they can sell it at a higher price. <laughs> well, that's price fixing. You can't do that. That's you can't illegal. do that, right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You can't do that. Yeah. So that that story goes yeah. hand in hand because with your you story know, those, the gas, The gas industry or the fuel industry is heavily regulated. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And the prices are regulated. Oh, yeah. You know, so you can't just buy gas and go sell it out of your house. No. That, that, you, know, mm, 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 you can't do that. Cannot do that. Anyways, folks, we're in California. Wow. And while everybody in the East Coast or Midwest... It's like, oh, our gas is up to three two sixty five or three dollars and five cents. Today I gassed up. You know how much I pay for my gas, brother? I have no Regular. Idea. The cheapest is the cheapest. Four dollars and fourteen cents. Sounds about right. Now your beast takes the premium. higher only premium. The higher uh, octane, right? Only premium. I think that's about four dollars and forty cents or something like that. Something like almost five probably. <laughs> Yeah, but you have to understand, brother. My car is electric. Really? It's got a battery and an alternator. <laughs> oh no, you got me on that one. I was like, wait a minute. Are you kidding me? How dare you devalue your car like that? <laughs> okay, you got that me. That means it's electric, right? <coughs> well, yeah, right. If it's got a battery it's and alternator, an alternator, it's an right? electric, electric car, right? It's got electricity. You know, I didn't so. even think about that. <laughs> Just happens to have a you know five hundred horsepower gas you know internal yeah. combustion. Yeah, it's a pretty gas hefty uh, <laughs> electric car, right? Just saying, you know. I mean, <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> oh my goodness! So anyway, um, it this is temporary. These gas prices are temporary, folks. Don't panic, please. Don't panic. It creates more problems. I, I mean, colonial self fulfilling prophecies. And you said you know? it. I mean, Colonial, what, two, you know? three days later, came out reporting, hey, right. we're back and running. It's going to take a couple days mm-hmm. to provide the gas to all Please the... Please be just patient, be right? patient. That's right. it. It's like, come on. <laughs> we, the, the, the days of knocking down an entire grid system uh-huh. long term is over. Yeah. It's not going to happen. I mean, it's not going to happen because everything is too advanced and too um, complicated to to do that to. Right. You know, I mean, I know people talk about an EMP strike and so forth. I don't think even an EMP strike would be successful in taking the whole thing down. No, I don't think so. It, It would take an area down. Right. You know, you'd have to have hundreds of EMP strikes to take out the entire United States. That's that's true. You couldn't do it with one. No. You yeah. know, so I mean, this we got to stop this irrational panic. We've got to start educating ourselves. I I made a video fireside yeah. chat the other night, and basically the 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 concept of the video was this: stupidity is killing us. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way. <laughs> so we got to stop with the stupidity, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got to stop with ignorance. We got to educate ourselves. And I'm not talking about going and paying a bunch of money for some university that teaches a bunch of garbage. I'm talking about self education. We've got to go and, and, I mean, we've got the internet. We've got, all, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, 
you got to dump Google, Google, go to DuckDuckGo, and then you'll get an education. You'll get, you'll, you'll get stuff that Google won't exactly. show you. Show you. All right. Wait for this one, brother. Uh-oh. Here we go. This, is, grind, a, this is a needy-greedy. Now I'm going to grind your gears. Oh, I oh, can't wait for this one. After we get finished being dive-bombed by the uh, aircraft know. up there. They found us. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's the Chinese coming to get us. No. Uh, <laughs> but they got old planes. That's a prop. <laughs> it's not even a jet. So, univer- uh, physicians, physicians to universities. You ready for this? All right. Here we go. Reverse your student vaccine mandates now. What? Here we go. Okay, I'm going to read this. Quickly, ladies and gentlemen, which means my tongue is going to become so twisted, I'm going to have to get the, the beef over here to untwist it for me when I get <laughs> finished reading this. So here we go. Many universities and other schools are requiring that students must be vaccinated for COVID-19 before they are allowed to return to campus. This is not only blatant discrimination, but it is also forces students to waive their rights to informed consent, which is flatly illegal. Now, this is the letter written by a physician who is the president of a physician's organization <laughs> to university. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Dear deans, governing boards, and trustees, on behalf of the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons, I am writing to ask you to reconsider your new policy mandating COVID-19 vaccination of students prior to returning to campus. Mm -hmm. Institutions of higher learning are divided on this issue, although at first glance, the policy may seem prudent. It coerces students into bearing unneeded and unknown risk and is at heart contrary to the bedrock medical principle of informed consent. There are multiple reasons to reverse your policy. I ask you to consider the following. Young adults are a healthy and immunologically competent and vibrant group that is at extraordinarily low risk of COVID-19 morbidity and mortality. College and university students, however, are under significant mental health strain already from COVID-19 fears. Circumstances, distance, learning problems, and the imposition of government health policy restrictions. Even though the FDA granted emergency use authorization for three COVID-19 vaccines, they are not FDA approved to treat, cure, or prevent any disease at this time. Mm -hmm. Clinical trials will continue for at least two years before the FDA can even consider approval of these vaccines as effective and safe. Mm -hmm. COVID-19 vaccines on the market in the U.S., mRNA, Moderna, and Pfizer, and, in, and uh, DNA, Johnson & Johnson, or Janssen, have caused notable side effects, pathology, and even death, 4,178 deaths per vers, which is the CDC reporting system, as of May 5, 2021. These adverse reactions result in absence from school and work, hospital, visits, and uh, even loss of life. College-age women have, uh, I'm sorry, college-age women may be at unique risk for adverse events following administration of the experimental COVID vaccinations currently available. According to the CDC, all cases of life-threatening blood clots, 
subsequent to receiving the J&J <coughs> vaccine reported so far in the United States occurred in younger women. The vast majority of cases of anaphylaxis have also occurred in women. In addition, women are reporting having irregular menstrual cycles mm. after getting the coronavirus vaccine, and 95 miscarriages have been reported to the U.S. Vaccine Adverse Effects Reporting System, or VERS, following COVID vaccination as of April 24, 2021. Recent research data demonstrates that the spike protein present in the SARS-CoV-2 or COV-2 virus and the induced primary mechanism of action of COVID-19 vaccines are the primary cause of disease, infirmity, hospitalization, and death. Mm. Students have had self-limited cases of COVID-19 already possess antibodies, activated B cells, activated T cells, detectable by lab testing. This durable, long-term immunity would not only prevent them from getting recurrent COVID-19, but would also represent herd immunity to protect others in the college or university community. Mm. COVID-19 convalescent students may be harmed by college-university policy requiring COVID-19 vaccines. They already have extensive immunity and would be likely harmed from a forced con confrontation with COVID-19 vaccine-induced spike protein causing autoimmune reactions leading to illness and possible death. So if you already have had COVID, they don't recommend getting the vaccine. Mm. Students and their families may justifiably believe these policies discriminate against individuals who aren't candidates for this vaccine, have pre-existing conditions like heart disease or something of that nature, yeah, yeah. previous uh, COVID-19 disease, cite religious objections, and that would be um, they're using, uh, according to reports, uh, fetal tissue, aborted fetal tissue wow. for the vaccines. That, that would be sense. a religious uh, objection. Yeah. Or, uh, or are otherwise exercising their free will, cho choosing not to participate in this optional vaccine experiment. Mm. Refer to the Nuremberg Code from World War II, which requires individuals to be able to exercise free power of choice without the intervention of any element of force. Hmm. That's pretty serious. Yeah. Institutional policies that permit faculty to choose or refuse vaccination but do not allow students the same options raise equal protection constitutional issues. The ADA, Americans with Disabilities Act, requires reasonable accommodations be provided based on an individual's own unique health situation. This includes rejection of an experimental vaccination intervention, which may exasperate known health problems and thereby cause harm. Colleges and universities should consider whether they might be liable for damages. Poor health outcomes. Man, we must be on the target, brother. We're getting die bombed again. He's loud and low. I am. Wow. Is that the World War II guys? Sounds like it, yeah. We have an airport nearby, folks. Yeah, we do. And uh, that airport that's nearby, sometimes they'll fly, like, World War II fighter 
planes oh, yeah. and stuff out of A lot of old, of older planes. Yeah. Older planes. Uh, so these are hobbies that these these pilots have. And, and we have air shows too. Air shows. With those they have air planes. shows. Yep. With, and they had a B-17 out there flying at one time. Yes, the air show. that's right. Uh, so uh, that's what you're hearing in the background. But I'll read this uh, section again. Colleges and universities should consider whether they might be liable for damages, poor health outcomes, and loss of life due to mandatory COVID-19 vaccination policies. Mm. Positive cases, as defined by laboratory testing alone, may be false positive testing errors or asymptomatic infection that is not clinically proven to spread disease. Ambulatory outpatient early treatment for SARS-CoV-2 infection, COVID-19, has been demonstrated effective in adults. Informed consent is the standard for all medical interventions. The FDA fact sheet for the healthcare provider reads, the recipient or their caregiver has the option to accept or refuse Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine. Hmm. Please reverse your decision to mandate experimental COVID-19 vaccines before more students are harmed and make the vaccines rightfully optional. Both unvaccinated and vaccinated students should be permitted on campus. Thank you for your time and attention. We would appreciate hearing back from you as soon as possible and welcome your your discussion with you. Welcome further discussion with you and other leaders at your institution. Surely... Uh, sincerely, now my tongue's getting twisted at the end. Sincerely, Paul M. Kempen, MD, PhD, AAPS President, 2021. Hmm. So, the one thing that would override all of that factual information is this virtue signaling. <laughs> if if the, if the university is fearful of a virtue signaling backlash, mm-hmm. that if they follow this advice and it comes back to bite them because of people's perceptions that they're not being uh, sensitive to the needs of the students or some nonsense like that, then they would probably err on the side of we're going to not allow the the vaccinated students to attend solely on the cause of virtue signaling. (laughs) So it doesn't really matter. So they don't look bad. Yeah, right. It's all about... It's all about uh, perceptions. It's Mm -hmm. all about how you look to the public. Yeah. It's not about... an image to upkeep, right? Right. It's not about facts. It's not about, and these are, man, he laid the facts out. Yeah. But um, even all, even that amazing argument, which I think it was very, very well written, and all the facts were there, even that may not be enough because Isn't of virtue signaling. Yeah. So. Wow. Wow. It's, it's unbelievable the times that we're living in today. But. Again, we shouldn't be surprised as believers, as Christians, because, you know, the pride in man, you know, the love of money, the love of power and authority, precision, prestige, all these things. Fear of people. Fear of, yeah, exactly. It's just, 
It's 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 man. It's the sinfulness. It's it's the mm-hmm. upfront to God. You know that's what it is. Right. And, and man, yep. it should be. It, it shouldn't surprise us. I know Christians. And again, I, I think it has to do a lot with their uh, understanding of eschatology <laughs> uh, that uh, have this, wow, our culture is, you know, decreasing. It's getting worse and worse and worse. And it's like, no, it's been bad since the beginning. Yes. Should it surprise you the things that you see? Why? Because Scripture tells us. Right. And we don't interpret the Bible based upon the evening news. Exactly. We interpret the Bible with the Bible. Right. And, and people, what do people go? Oh, people see those people in the news. Oh, those are the bad people. I wouldn't do anything like that. Brother, if I could project in a big old gigantic, like, size white wall or whatever, and I can project your thoughts to it, like, boom, 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 every single thought in your days. What kind of, we would found some pretty crazy stuff, right? I'd have to go crawl under a hole and never come back out again. Did you hear that, folks? That's how our capability in our minds, the stuff that comes out because of our sinful nature. Right. As believers, we're forgiven. Right. We're adopted sons and daughters. Right. Does that mean we're not going to sin anymore, brother? No. Does that mean, like, man, I'm not sinning anymore. I'm good. No, I'm I'm not of the sinless perfection uh, theology. I don't believe in that. Right. I, I don't believe the scriptures teach that. Amen. I mean, Romans seven is very clear. Yeah. When Paul said, "What wretched man am I?" Or yeah. wretched know, man that I am, yeah. who can save me from this body of exactly. death? Exactly. Uh, and he spent the whole chapter talking about how bad his flesh was, and his mind was, and his flesh, and. He does that which he does not want to do, but he, what he wants to do, he doesn't do. You know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he's talking about the battle between the redeemed spirit and the still dead flesh. Yeah. Amen. You see, the flesh can only sin. That's all it can do. The spirit cannot sin. We're perfect in Christ. We are perfect currently because our spirit is perfect. But we're still attached to this flesh, which is dying because it's not perfect and never will be. Mm. And that's why we sin on a daily basis, because the flesh is sinning. Our spirit is not sinning. Our flesh is sinning. Yeah. And once our spirit is freed from, the, from this body of death, as the Paul, Paul took, uh, yeah. he, that's why he phrased it in Romans, this, this body of death, this body of, of uh, sin, then we'll have, that's when we'll have sinless perfection. Amen. But we got to go through death to get there. <laughs> which gonna, which none of us can avoid, right? It's, it's not going to happen in this world. <coughs> right. You know? Right. It's not going to happen. <laughs> oh. Oh, see, the sinless, to us. the sinless perfection guys didn't like that. They're dive bombing <laughs> us here. Oh, Another my attack. goodness. Good so. stuff. So, but folks, yeah. and the reason why... You know, we share these things, it's because, not to alarm you more than anything, but to have you go to Scripture and be discerning, challenge yourself to read, to read the Word. You know, that's the only updates that you really need (laughs) in life. The Word, the Word, the Word. These things shouldn't be surprising to us as Christians, but as Christians, we are to go and have an answer 
when they ask us about our hope and our faith, right, brother? Right. When you see people panicking like that, when you see people overreacting, right. grace, mercy, you know, we preach the gospel to them in a way that's going to bring conviction to their hearts. We know our profession. We don't know our Bibles. Amen. Amen. Some people know everything you can think of about Q, but they don't know their Bibles. Mm. But what does Q talk about? It talks about knowing your Bible. Being close to God. Isn't that interesting? That is very interesting. You know? Yeah. Uh, So, I mean, yeah, it's important that we, I mean, that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the Christian life not being normal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not normal to study scripture to that degree. You're right. What's normal is a little sermonette and a little devotionette. It's, you know, five minutes long in the morning and a little prayer in that, right? A a quick little, fix. <laughs> a, a, yeah, a little quick fix token prayer, a little quick fix token devotion, and a little, and a little sermon that from the, from the pastor. And we've done our ritual, and we're yeah. good to go for the week. Yeah. And, all, we're, and we're ignorant. We don't know anything. You said it. And you know what's funny? It's like you go in on Sunday, defeated, wretched, kicked all over the place, you hear that little sermonette, and you're like pumped up, ready to go. Oh, yeah, our Monday's coming. I'm facing Monday. It's that cycle, bro. By Friday, Saturday, you're like dragging on the floor. By the end of, mo- just... the end of money, Monday, the world has beat you up already. Yeah. And what did you get out of it? Nothing. It's a quick fix. I got to go to church. I got to get my points. Check mark. <laughs> marketing is already, uh, you know, marketers are brilliant when it comes to Mind manipulation, psychological mm-hmm. manipulation. Yes, um, and they've already by then by by Monday night, Tuesday morning, they've already uh, saturated your brain with this stuff. You know, so, yeah. um, <laughs> you know. I mean, it, I mean, that's just one example. Mm-hmm. There's many examples you can mm-hmm. use. Or many, many, many different things that hit us every day. Yeah, right. That affect our thinking, and you know, we have to renew our minds on a daily basis. Amen. And that means we got to get more. Turn off Netflix, turn off Facebook, mm-hmm. turn off YouTube, and open your Bible and re- renew your mind. That's important. We've lost priority. Yeah. And mainly because you know this whole this election cycle and, and COVID has really thrown us way off. It's thrown us off kilter. Right, yeah, we've been thrown off balance because of it. Most of, and we need to get back into balance. Right. Yep. Oh, you said it, brother. Good stuff, my brother. Yeah, there's a lot I didn't talk about. I could have, but we'll cover it again later. Oh I'm yeah. Be, or go to C files on BitChute. Yeah, that's right. Give us your info because I know. <clears throat> by the way, people have asked in, our, in your YouTube channel. Through actually, they've asked about your YouTube channel through the Vortex Apologetics channel. Where's Jeff? Is he? Uh, yeah. So uh, I, one, I, I gave. I think I just gave BitChute, and I, I, I think, and I made a mistake. I think I said go uh, Trail Thinker slash, but it's not. It's actually C files. C files. Yeah. So you can, shoot, you can correct C-files. that. You can. I will correct them that. Let so them it's, know. it's the capital C for my last name Claiborne, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and an F I L E S, all one word. So C capital files. C mm-hmm. small f capital C small f. C files, kind of a takeoff from uh, X files. X files, yeah. Yeah, 
Yeah, I can't. I always, I always, That's good, you nerd. Uh, no, total nerd. Total I nerd. love it. No, that was you're perfect. Not, you're I liked it. You're fortunate I didn't pick something from Star Trek. Uh, <laughs> I could have been the Borg or something. I was just thinking yeah. you'd be the Borg. Kind of the Borg. <laughs> oh, good stuff. So yeah, so. folks, <clears throat> check out his bit shoot. As a matter of fact, I'll probably change your. Uh, not probably. I will change. Because I had put a link under your name for mm-hmm. a website to take you to YouTube, so I'll change that to the Beat Shoot C files. Yeah, Beat Shoot C files. Yeah, let yeah, him know that YouTube canceled me. Yeah, he's been canceled, folks. Yeah, yeah. He's getting he's yeah. getting himself in trouble. So, <laughs> nah, you know, I just Stop. I just do what's normal for a Christian. And it gets Let's just be trouble. honest. YouTube can take it, man. They can't take no, when it's facts and truth and all this. No, there's always well, somebody that it gets. They, it, insulted yeah, yeah they're on the other side yeah, yeah. They're, they're on the globalist side so anything that's anti-globalist they can't they, they won't deal with it they're canceling themselves yeah yeah Something, a lot of people have left YouTube already. a lot of people are leaving there are other avenues now there's more yep. social media opening up now more platforms yep. even, you know available so yep. do not be discouraged folks other than that before we close let me remind everybody everybody TheVortexApologetic.com uh, It's live and it's going So if you want to visit us Actually not one, go visit us Check it out I mean, throw in a comment, let us know Does Do you like it? Does it suck? I don't know, whatever, you know Lift mm-hmm. us up, if not, critique us We're all, we, we can take it uh, Also, I want to encourage everybody Go check out the weekly blog That we started with the release of TheVortexApologetic.com my brother, the brain here, has been uh, amazing. Two articles that we started off, and this last one is "Who Is Man?" Okay, I won't tell you anything about it. You got to go and read it, check it out, subscribe, put your email in there, and subscribe to the weekly pod, uh, blog, and uh, you'll get an alert letting you know that there's a new blog out there. Go check it out when you have a chance. Share it, share it. Help us by sharing. We want to start actually pushing the vortexapologetic.com more. Uh, directing more traffic towards our website so that we can build, uh, uh, you know, more outreach more than anything. Um, and you notice we're turning a little bit more now back toward um, theology and practical living. Yes, and, yes. Um, whereas we were pretty political for a while there, and we kind of had to be. We didn't have a whole lot of choice because of everything that was going on. Well, the atmosphere we were under, you know, right. it's like everything right. was about that. You so. have to address those things. You can't ignore those things, so you have to address them. Mm-hmm. And But once you've sufficiently addressed them, then you yeah. move back into your your more fundamental, uh, and by the fundamental, I mean the more basic uh, aspects of Christianity. And, Amen. Amen. And uh, try to rebuild that foundation, you know. And that's what we're doing. Now, we're not going to leave the other. No. But no. we're, we're going to try to balance it out. Right. Actually, we're drawing mm-hmm. attention to the Vortex Apologetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the way it works when it comes to podcasting, you know, there's always a host, somebody that's going to host your podcast. And from that host, you can, you know, run it in different avenues like Apple and Amazon but when you go listen in those platforms, they're getting the traffic, they're getting the views, and they're the ones making money. Right. So we want to direct traffic to us where mm-hmm. we're the starting point. Mm-hmm. Podbean still our host, so you will see the first 10 episodes of our podcast. Uh, the, the newest one will always be the top one uh, on our uh, website. 
you can listen to the first, the last 10. And then if you want to go listen to older ones, then you go to Podbean. So that's the way I set it up. So Podbean is still part of Vortex Apologetic. It's one and all there, but they're the ones who host all our episodes because we don't have, you know, big enough hardware or anything like that to actually have, you know, hundreds of gigabytes of, uh, so... That's what we're doing. But I encourage you to go check it out. Definitely. I mean, uh, we're getting started. We're getting going. We want to expand it. And, uh, you know, to God be the glory if he allows us to wherever he takes us. I mean, that's the direction we're going to go. Right, brother? Yeah. Other than that, I have nothing else. Do you have anything else, my brother? Yeah, one more thing. Um, When I leave California, we're not stopping either. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. The brain's leaving California. He's had it with California. Or maybe California's had it with I me. think California's kicking you out, bro. <laughs> Just like they, you know, they I'm got being you. canceled. <laughs> being canceled. <laughs> no, the reality is all the family left California and went back That's east, and so yeah. I'm kind of following the family. My wife and I are. We're, those, now grand, we're, those grandkids, bro. Those grandkids. The kids and the grandkids, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. You're right. You never stop being. Yeah, they all They left. never stop being your kids, right? Yeah. They kind of said, you know, they left. They kind of like they just said, you're on your own. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. No, they didn't do that. No, they said they said uh, you better get over here where we are. <laughs> Ooh, the fun's taking so, place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, that was in the plans anyway. So yeah, but yeah, we're still um, ways. Well, not ways because it'll be here sooner than you know it. Five six months from now, right? Right. But uh, mm-hmm. praise the Lord, we have uh, Zoom and Google and all different avenues to record. So we'll continue this uh, ministry work. And continue to bless ourselves, each other, give glory to God, and bless everybody else that likes to listen, right? Right. We have the technology. Yeah. We can rebuild the podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it shall what continue. show is that? What show is that? Trivia. <sighs> dun, 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 dun. Remember that? Started yeah, that? yeah. Yep, yep. Ah, it is that. Yeah, stuff right? at the end, right? Yeah, oh, what yeah. was it? What was it? I knew it was like a news thing, a news show. What was it? Uh, it was. It was. It, it was. Uh, was he, it? He was an astronaut and he crashed, and he's all tore up. And they said we have the technology; we can rebuild him. What show was that from the seventies? Oh my goodness! Hold on, hold on. <laughs> I stumped him, folks. I oh, you him. did! You did! <laughs> the oh. nerd has stumped him. <laughs> Oh man! This is what you get for calling me a nerd. I know. I know. See what I get. The six million dollar rent. That's it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That would have been like that would have got me. Yeah. Steve Austin. Right. Steve Austin. Was it Steve Austin? No wait. No 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 no. Steve. Um. I can't remember now. Uh oh. Oh. I Uh-oh. got myself. <laughs> but anyway. Million dollar man. So yeah. he was a $6 million man. $6 million man. They, they, they right. built him with, um, what was it they called it? Um, something. Um, yeah, what was some, it? Some kind of a technology they made up for television that they built him with. His legs were like, he could run like 60 miles an right. hour. He and could all jump. This and, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> good stuff. Pythonics or something. I don't remember something, what it was. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long time. Seventies <laughs> was a long time ago now. <laughs> so. 
All right, so we I thought we were ending the podcast. <laughs> I know, people are like, oh, just end it. <laughs> There's no more torture, please. Yeah, I know. Uh, all right, well, remember, folks, remember, keep your mind sharp and your heart pure, and we'll see you next podcast. We'll catch you on the flip side. You have been listening to the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. Hey there, ladies and gentlemen. We want to thank you for tuning in to listen to the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. It's a blessing to have you. We hope that you continue to enjoy the future episodes and to tune in and share away with others that might be interested. Uh, we wanted to thank our families for supporting us, especially our wives that uh, they put up with us. They allow us to have time to study and spend time uh, in the Word of God. And uh, in return, they help us as well and they keep us accountable. It's a blessing to have them in our lives. So we want to especially thank them. I uh, also want to thank uh, our church, uh, friends, and uh, the men's study that we have that we continue to encourage, be encouraged about. I uh, want to thank all these people because they support us and pray for us, and uh, it's a blessing to have them in our life. Other than that, I hope you continue to enjoy the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. Uh, we will talk to you soon. More episodes to come your way. Other than that, I'm out. We're out. God bless you. Stay